Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are listening to episode one for the I and Mindset podcast, where we will be discussing mindset, mental health, and mental wellness. My name is Ken Artuse, certified physical trainer and also certified wellness coach. Joining me as co-host for this episode is... Carla Vilches. I am a graduate student at Silverman School of Social Work. Thank you, Carla. We will be discussing our first topic. What is anxiety and how can you deal with it? Now, anxiety is a broad spectrum here. And speaking from personal experience, I know I suffer from anxiety. When I take exams, I could study, I could memorize things. And when it comes to that exam, I just totally freeze up. My anxiety is so bad, I think I could fail in an open book test. That's how bad it is. But there is a broad spectrum here on what anxiety is, and we're going to help delve into the topic. Carla, a brief synopsis of what is anxiety? So definitely I looked into the APA, which is the American Psychological Association. The way they classify anxiety is to be an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, Wary thoughts and physical changes like increased blood pressure. According to the APA, some of the symptoms that people with anxiety disorders usually have are recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns, or they may avoid certain situations out of worry. They may also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or a rapid heartbeat. So that's the definition. (laughs) Um, But I also wanted to include that as a person who has anxiety, it's, it's definitely something that we can't control. It's, it's really out of our control. Um, I think that with a lot of um, disorders, uh, people would like to have some sort of control, but it really does affect your ability to have, um, it really does affect you. Um, It affects me, anxiety is something that affects me um, and it affects um, a lot of people. And surprisingly, according to the Anxiety and Depression Society of America, anxiety disorders are the most recurrent forms of mental illness in the United States affecting more than 40 million adults ages 18 and older. Hmm. However, there is a large percentage of American adults that cannot obtain treatment and have a lack of access to care. There's other symptoms that is attributed to anxiety, uh, restlessness, fatigue. Is anxiety, is it safe to say that anxiety comes from uh the workload then, our worries, especially here in New York. Uh, going to school, going to work, that, that contributes to anxiety. So what if it's something internally that we can uh, help ourselves with, not medical-wise, not medicinal, but something that we could pacify our thinking and relax? Because if we're not getting the rest we need, maybe we need to rest more. If it's anxiety, let's say, from fatigue, uh, excuse me, for nervousness, maybe a job interview. What about practicing, speaking, 
looking into the mirror, talking to oneself, reinforcing positivity. Uh, another thing that I've noticed is excessive worrying as a source of anxiety. So how can that also be rectified without medical treatment? So you said a lot there, Ken. <laughs> um, so you're asking if that... So can you repeat the question? <laughs> no, I forgot. Well, it was, it was just from my point of view because anxiety has a, is a broad spectrum, right? Correct. So one thing from anxiety, people who suffer from anxiety is restlessness. Another thing is worrying. Another thing mm -hmm. is fatigue. Mm -hmm. All these things could be attributed to stress, right? So if, component of stress, you mean? Right, exactly. Okay. So if someone is suffering from anxiety, maybe there's external factors involved that we can eliminate or fix instead of going to the medicinal route. Mm. You know, you mentioned you made a good point, which is that some of these symptoms could be elevated by the external factors. Um, but there is a biological component to anxiety. So it is a combination of biological, um, external. So there is an internal and an external, definitely. Okay. Um, so that's the that's number one. <laughs> um, there are there is no cure from my under from my professional point professional of view. point oh, of view. There okay. is no cure for anxiety, but there is treatment out there. Mm -hmm. Um. It doesn't have to be medicinal, right? Like, it really depends on, it's, it's a case-by-case -case situation going on um, with people that struggle with anxiety, but there are uh, treatment, out, there is treatment options out there. Like I was saying earlier, there is CBT, which is like talk therapy. There's exposure therapy. You have meditation. That's a big one mindfulness, um, being present. Uh, these are moda like these are forms of, of therapeutic treatment that's out here. Um, however, when you speak about medicinal, right? I, I love that you added that because- Yeah, because these days everything gets treated with pills. Yes. And we don't need pills. Big pharma. Exactly. We don't need stuff like that in our system, which would trigger other mm -hmm. uh, symptoms that we may not want in our lives um definitely there is um you know big pharma out there uh, especially in communities of people of color there is a lot of push to you know medicate and it, it's 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 really it's really sad that these are the options that are, are usually being provided by these by the doctors but and you know i want to say that there is a lot of research to continue to be done on the way that it can be developed and the way it can be treated there are so there is so much still to be done right right um but if we can educate ourselves right now on what's already out here um that's huge of course and i like it that you there is these self-improvement factors that we could implement to ourselves to pacify anxiety levels and 
especially in New York, we are in a very high stressful environment here. The commute itself to and from work is stressful and that can cause anxiety. Now, implementing sources like meditation and thinking positive of oneself, that is a good source to pacify uh, anxiety. Because in reality, if anxiety is triggered from stress factors, it could also maybe, what about if it's something within ourselves, like a self-esteem issue? Um, I would say, <laughs> um, yeah, like anxiety does impact mm -hmm. your self-esteem, right? Because you're constantly worrying that if you're good enough or there are real things that anxiety provokes exactly. or invokes in in ourselves right um but coming from my own personal experience i'm only speaking for myself i'm not speaking on behalf of other people right um, but from my own experience i would say provide the value because i'm sure even though you're speaking from your personal experience people out there who are listening will definitely adapt because you never know out of a hundred people there's that one person that shares the same exact traits as you from my own personal experience i would say that the the way that anxiety affects me is when i'm really anxious or my anxious levels are are high what tends to happen is that i go into this state of constant worry um worrying about let's say if it's a if it's a an assignment that i have to submit i i worry that when i do submit the assignment <laughs> it's not going to be good enough i'm going to fail um even come uh, even having to go through the assignment like the process of doing the assignment is stressful because when i'm writing a paper for instance i'm like wait but this sounds better or but this other so I really exactly. am in a in a real space where I tend to overthink completely. Right. right. And you're right. What I've been doing that has been really helpful mm -hmm. and I've been doing this every single day. And this is what I really 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 um uh recommend to my clients and because it's helped me is mindfulness. Uh, right. Do you know what mindfulness? Yes, I'm well aware of mindfulness. Before we get to the mindfulness, you, you mentioned what you personally do when you have an assignment and everything has to be perfect. A lot of people who are artists, who are creatives, are the same way. And most of it, especially now with social media being in our lives, we want everything to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No, just do it. Well, I can't say for an assignment. Of course, it has to have a, a you know, good penmanship and stuff like that. But if you're creating art or you're creating music, just create it and push it out there because yes, you got to have criticism from people and that may raise your anxiety. But at the same time, you're creating art and art is subjective. So if one person doesn't like it, 10 other people may like it. So just push your, uh, whatever it is that you create out there. Your next topic there, that's profound. Mindfulness can be anything from meditative state and also a self-reflective state. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, yeah, like it is a reflect. If it is, it, it is a time to reflect and and meditate and 
mostly to embody um, being in the present moment and what that means and what that looks like for me. Um, it, it also, the mindfulness embodies the concept of reawakening oneself and being present. So for me, as an anxious person, I really wish that it was that easy <laughs> that I could just be like, oh, I'm not going to be anxious. Let me just do it and get and, and, and complete what I need to do. And just, right. I wish. Right. But remember in the beginning of the podcast, yes, we were talking about how there is that biological and th th that um, combination of, of biological social social definitely. economic yes yes it's 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 all of that yeah, in I, one yes and so yeah like i really wish that you can just there's a, an on and off switch where okay right. today's gonna it's gonna be off today right but it can really be triggered by um by anything um so for me being being present is something that i've had to learn right and what? to be present what do you suggest so thank you for asking me and putting me on the spot right now just <laughs> kidding <laughs> um so for me being present is to ground myself mm -hmm. to to basically be in that present moment not worrying about what happened yesterday was gonna happen in the future it, it, it can really get so bad. Right. The anxiety can get so bad where you're literally in that state of, I'm going to fail. Everything's going to go bad. Right. Or I made, I made a mistake yesterday. I could have done that better. It's that constant worry, excessive yeah. worry. So being present is like, okay, I'm going to shut off that noise. Um, by accepting it, it's, it's a, literally a shift during which you're not fighting it you're accepting it mm -hmm. and you're going to let it go or right. you're going to try to let go. And it's so powerful. I agree. I agree. And you bring up a good, a good point there too, with the external uh, factors involved in triggering anxiety. Mm -hmm. If you work in an environment that's toxic and you have coworkers that are really getting you irritated, that's one thing also you cannot control what other people's actions are. And if that triggers your anxiety, we, we're talking about something totally different there. How can someone turn that off? That's a lot of noise right there. Because mm -hmm. I've personally been through that before I became a physical trainer. Working in, a, in an office job for 20-something years. And the last two years while working there, it became so toxic that I was even happy that they got rid of me. That was the happiest day of my life because I said to myself, this is going to be the first day that I'm going to work for myself. And that's how it's been. Of course, then COVID hit and that's a whole level of anxiety there. But once again, if you're in a toxic environment with toxic coworkers, how can you turn that noise off? I can't really say too much about that because I haven't experienced a toxic work environment i've been in the position of actually being around a lot of social workers and people within the mental health field who are um very compassionate people who really embody mm -hmm. um what this field should be and look like mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think that if you are in a situation where your mental health is being impacted, we should definitely advocate for ourselves, period. Exactly. And that is not only true in a work environment, that should be in a relationship, <laughs> that should be in your family, right. among friends. That should be something that goes, that switches exactly um, in any in any situation exactly and point point well taken there because relationships is another factor also family uh from personal experience i know a lot of people that their family the closest family are friends and not their actual families that's usually the case and once again, even if that's the toxic environment is not in the workplace, it could be relationships and other things. And that is easily controlled. If you get rid of the people in your circle that is toxic, then you're reducing your chances of elevating your anxiety, right? You're saying that if if, if you reduce people right. in your circle, that is that'll, toxic. that'll increase? Yeah, that will increase. Why would it inc increase? Because let's say, for example, if you're in a relationship and the person that you're in a relationship is, are in, that person is toxic. If you, if you stay in that relationship, your anxiety level is going to go high. But if you disconnect from that and you know internally, okay, this is not a good position for me to be in, disconnect from that and rem you could either choose to remain single or uh, find someone else. But at least that external factor is pacifying your anxiety level mm. to a degree i would argue yes uh, against that uh -huh. point that you made because i think that really depends on the person because uh -huh. some people may be more um it's because the thing is that in relationships right we tend to normalize or or what is what is it called when you tend to play play things down or uh. just um in, in spanish you would say aguantar we, we tend, tend to put up with things um and it, it, at some point it, we, we tend to normalize a lot of things so making any decision can increase can either increase your anxiety right so leaving um someone is very anxiety provoking especially when you love them and you share kids with them uh -huh. and you have history but also look at the people that you have even in a short term kind of thing it, mm -hmm. it can be anxiety provoking to just cut people off from me from me yes it can be very hard to get there okay but once i'm there yeah you're right i feel better but not right away right it does take some time to process it for me some people process and um endings differently as well i think for me it's it's hard to just trust somebody right and like spend time with them and make memories with them and then just having to let them go it's hard of course it's hard right and it's yes. even harder because i have anxiety i would say it's even harder because i have anxiety and i'm constantly thinking was that the right choice exactly. was that the right choice <laughs> should i've done this differently right is there another way that i could have done this um right. can i still should i block them should i not block them it's like a, a never-ending cycle right and it just opens up a whole can of worms yes. right there because yes you're absolutely correct uh, and that goes over to what you had mentioned earlier, thinking about the future. You see, we, we could just go on and on because it, we, we could jump 
from what you said, thinking about the future, like if you break up with someone and later on down the road, yes, if this decision was correct for me, and then if it turns out to be wrong, then your anxiety level just, you you just made things worse. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. So here's the kicker now. If someone's anxiety is that severe that way, that Mm. they don't know if they're coming or going, what is the solution here? So what are we talking about? Meditation, is that really going to help? Thank you for bringing that up because that's definitely an important um, issue that you raised, which is when is it when is it the right time to seek help? I think there is no right time to seek help. Um, but if there was a right time, it would be when the anxiety is so um, when the anxiety levels are so high and and you know highly leveled where you are unable to sleep, where you are unable to complete um, what you need to complete, whether that be homework, assignments. Um, there is such a thing called rumination, mm-hmm, which is right. when you're excess, when you're going to sleep and you can't, you can't go to sleep because you're constantly in this state of, of worry. Um, and I would say, um, for it, it, another thing is that we've been socialized to think that asking for help is a is a weak sign yes especially for men especially for men correct right and um you're weak if you ask for help but we really need to do better as a society in general on that because asking for help is not a sign of weakness and asking for help is actually a sign of strength because it's about taking your power back exactly think about it if you're in a constant state of anxiety you are um you know, kind of like fight or flight. Like, am I, you know, it's like a constant fear. It's, it's terrible. I mean, for me, it's, it's almost debilitating in a way. Um, so when I, when I went to go seek my therapist, I actually went because I couldn't sleep. I had three nights that you couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. How did you function? That's, that's I, insane. I didn't. <laughs> how, how would you function? That's insane. I didn't function. <laughs> wow. I didn't function. And it got to the point where it was either I'm going to go seek out help or I'm literally not going to be able to do what I need to do. Exactly. And exactly. it was a really, it, for me, um, you know, I'm Hispanic. And um, in my culture, um, coming from my own experience, mm-hmm. I was taught that, you know, you, you really need to internalize your feelings. Right. You need to um, be strong. Right. right. And so many people of color um, have been brought up with that mentality of, of, of be strong. But at the end of the day, like what is strong? Right. Right. What is strength? Exactly. What define that? strength. That define you can, that. You can't define it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. So when I went to seek out help, um, you know, I felt I've, I felt like a failure. I didn't feel like um, it was about taking my power back. I learned that in my in in my experience through my experience. Um, however, there are people out here that still believe that asking for help is a sign, it's of, a sign weakness. of weakness. Exactly, and it's it's definitely not a sign of weakness. Especially these days, uh, we really need all the help that we can get in order to better ourselves and if we have someone that could look at ourselves from a different lens and point out these things 
that we may find acceptable or tolerable, but in essence, it's something that we should modify and it's something that is toxic, then that's the, that's the help that we need in order to mm-hmm. become a better person. Also, with anxiety, uh, more, let's see, if someone that is suffering from a lot of anxiety doesn't have the outlets to become a better person, that in itself would lead to uh, self-sabotage. They would either fail in the exams, they would fail in relationships, they would take up drinking, they would smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing wrong with smoking. But anyway, smoking cigarettes, let's put it that way. Smoke cigarettes, self, self-loathing. And, mm-hmm. and it's to that point that we could say, okay, if you don't get the proper treatment that you need, the proper uh, affirmation, the proper mindset, that could lead to severe, severe depression. Um, it's an interesting concept that you brought up, which is, yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. Um, yes, if you don't ask for help and you struggle with like mental illness, you there is a higher probability that you will engage in substance use. That's a, of course, that is a fact, right? Right. Um, there are other um outlets as well, right? There is there is um spending, right? Spending your money, spending. trying to uh, acquire material uh right things that can fulfill you right um compulsive shopping think about we live in new york city right, right. people are constantly on the on to the newest trend and yes. the newest shoes and the sneakers and right. the hype and you know all of these you know material things to sort of mask the pain that one is in right but another thing that i want to um bring into the into the the discussion is look at the amount of liquor stores Ah. in ratio like in comparison to the amount of mental health clinics right in the bronx i mean there's one in every corner there's there's one liquor store in every corner no kidding right right but where is the where are the clinics right where where are the outreach centers where are they exactly right there it's almost like you're setting people up to engage in these um in these self-sabotage mentality to engage in these things right and it's it's poisoning our community right um our communities um and this is why we need to bring more awareness of course into um and educate ourselves and educate um so many people um about these about mental health in general because as a community as a culture um as people we really need to do we need to strive to do better especially for our communities of color um you're absolutely right and i think we covered up on a lot of topics here with this with with the general topic of anxiety we went to different arenas of what is anxiety how we define it what are the symptoms now for someone who is okay we could find anxiety is acceptable form uh is an acceptable form of nervousness let's put it that way because it is not something so severe in a mental illness realm it is not something that is like schizophrenia Uh, we could say what nine out of ten people suffer from anxiety and some capacity right what were your statistics earlier 
that 40 million adults ages 18 and older have for recurrent forms of of anxiety disorders in the united states the, yeah that's that's a handful right that's there. that's an astronomical number yes very and think about the people that go under uh, unreported. unreported exactly it could be much higher of course of course so here's here's the question let me see if we could we could really tackle this as the closure for the for the podcast if you have this anxiety whatever it is that is your trigger with the with the platforms of social media mm. is that a healthy outlet to a mask your anxiety mm. or b better yourself and put it out there and have people really support you because remember social media has its yeah. pros and cons yeah. how can we utilize that since it's such a popular platform social media um is a very touchy topic for uh. me because <laughs> it really affects me it really does affect my mental health um because because i have anxiety i'm in a constant state of worry so when i go online i'm always looking at other people and i'm you know <laughs> it's really yeah. such a um a place right I, that's how i'm gonna say it. it's a place it's a place it's where a, it's a place. people are you know showing off their new clothes i mean their new cars mm -hmm. and getting married engaged uh -huh. um, everyone's a rock star right no one is struggling right, right. online exactly from um you know right on my feed that's what i've seen it's yeah. you know everyone's doing amazing and that's mm -hmm. great hey i love to see everyone win right. i love it but, but with me <laughs> it's like i start comparing myself right i start um belittling myself mm -hmm. and oh look at you you know you're not even you haven't even graduated yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean hey like or you know you're not um you're not you don't have a car yet you know right. what i mean but it really it, there are a lot of studies out there that have shown that um social media does impact one's mental health of course of course specifically that's, facebook yes that's why that, that's why i mentioned there is a pros and a cons and yes there are people out there who put on the facade facade uh, facade yeah facade correction that's they are something that they're not but if we look into that and we say to ourselves that's the person i want to be then that's the wrong move and i could hyper up your anxiety instead you could say okay whatever they're doing that's on them if they rent a jet to make themselves look happy to, but then something's wrong with them for them to do that but if i could take a picture of a car that i want and say it on social media well i don't have a car right now but this is the car that i want to have and people would really adapt to that and they could even help you out like hey what's your goal are you really achieving this goal right now and i've seen that on um, instagram that people uh this one couple no actually is a woman she wants to own a business she wants to own a mobile library cool wow. nice idea yeah. and every day she posts so her struggles it's not going good it's not going good mm -hmm. it's going good it's not going good it's not going good mm -hmm. so that's a reality that yeah social media has that place where it's fake but also in my opinion it also can help someone's anxiety like put it out there 
because somebody's got to adapt to it and connect with it. It could be a, it could be a good social forum. It definitely can, yeah. right? And and right now we're on a platform, and mm-hmm. I don't take that away from you. Um, I I don't take what you're saying um, away. There's truth to what you just said, right? Um, but I think for me, it's definitely I've had to step away from for my own purpose. For your own pr- so will you say that stepping away was your way of getting rid of something that causes your anxiety? Of course, okay. it's, it's definitely it's, a stressor. Yeah. For me, and social media is a stressor. Um, I'm not speaking on behalf of the the entire anxiety community. Right. I am speaking from my <laughs> own. Person. I want to remind everyone, right? Because right. everyone's different. Everyone's different, of course. Um, but I had to step away because it was really affecting me. And, you know, I, one thing that I've learned is learning when to step away in a relationship, in a job, in social media um, is so important. Um, you, you know, once you're in this journey of self-discovery and self-development and, you know, self-improvement, self-improvement, you, you know, you tend to, to really like put, put yourself first. And, and what is, and what does that mean to you? And what does that look like to you? And, and, and that's the journey that I'm on. I'm, I'm really on a journey of becoming a better version of myself and what that looks like to me is taking care of myself absolutely mind body Body. soul Soul. yeah it's a holistic approach for me right and um yeah that's my that's a good closure right there and i I can i can add to that because that's perfect well said and that's what everyone should embark on that personal self journey mind body and soul we're just gonna leave it like that (laughs) 